All right. Hey guys, this is Peter. I had so much fun recording my podcast this morning on Algeria that I thought I'd just stay on a roll and do the next installment. So, for my podcast on the countries I visited in alphabetical order, the next one up is Argentina. So, I've got a lot more that I can talk about about Argentina than I can about Algeria. So, um, my girlfriend Priscilla and I, we were in Argentina in uh, 2016. Sorry, I'm just trying to safely pull out on this uh, on this turn. I'm on my ride home, and this needs the most attention before I can get going. Okay, back to it. So, in uh, 2015, Priscilla and I quit our jobs to spend a year traveling the world, and um, we were in South America for several months. And altogether, we spent a little bit more than three weeks in Argentina. And the way our, our journey worked, we uh, entered and exited and then re-entered and we ended up being in uh, Argentina on three different times. So, um, for the first time, we entered, um, we were down in Patagonia. So we, uh, we entered in the southern part of Argentina and then for that leg, we went all the way from the far south to the far north just making lots of different stops on the way. And then um, a few weeks after that, we uh, crossed back into Argentina to see the Argentine side of uh, Foz de Iguazu, the Iguazu waterfalls. And then for the final time, we, uh, uh, we stopped through Buenos Aires on our, our way from uh, Chile to Uruguay and Brazil. So yeah, it's kind of complicated, it's pretty funny. Um, Argentina is enormous, so we spent a lot of time in buses, but um, I, I just love Argentina. We had such a wonderful time. The people there are so friendly and laid back. We uh, drank a lot of mate, which is herbal tea that they have there. We ate a lot of steaks, and oh, we just saw so many cool things. So um, I'm recording this on my drive home, and we'll see how it works with the amount of stuff I have to talk about versus the amount of time I actually have. I'm trying to keep these relatively uh, relatively snappy and uh, only record them on my drive. So uh, here we go. So the first part of our trip, uh, we, we crossed the border down, uh, down in Patagonia. Uh, we had just been doing some trekking in the Chilean side and, and we took a bus and we arrived in Calafate. See, it's confusing. There's a couple places that have really similar names, so I'm trying to make sure I don't confuse them because later on we'll go to uh, El Cafayate. But for now we're in El Calafate. So El Calafate is uh, the northernmost large town in Argentina. Uh, it's known for its proximity to um, like all these great hiking sites. Um, so while we were there, um, it's just a really cool little town. It has a kind of a a little bit of an alpine feel, but it's not at a high elevation at all. Uh, it feels a little bit like, I guess, Alaska across with Switzerland. Um, so we were there, we got to just walk around, eat a lot of great uh, steaks, the, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Bife al Chorizo, I think is one of the steaks. Uh, we did a couple pariadas, which is where you just have a giant grill full of all different cuts of meat. Um, the coolest things we did, though, we went to this museum of glaciers. Uh, I'm a big fan of 
science and anything nerdy like that. And this is just a really in-depth museum about kind of the history of uh, Arctic, ex uh, Arctic exploration and all of the science behind uh, what glaciers are, how they work, the sorts of features that, um, that occur on them. And so, I, I mean, of course, we didn't just go to a museum. We also went to the Perito Moreno Glacier. Um, uh, the Perito Moreno Glacier, it's, um, it's uh, a glacier that comes off of the biggest ice cap on the, on the, um, the Andes. So that ice cap has, I think, uh, like about an eighth of the freshwater in all the world. And so um, one of the glaciers comes down towards El Calafate, and we went out on a trek and we got to hike around on the glacier, and it was incredible. It's just absolutely gorgeous, super cold, and uh, at the, uh, the end of the day, the, uh, we got to drink whiskey out of glasses that had some glacier ice in them. So after Calafate, we um, went to El Shalten, which is another hiking mecca. Uh, El Shalten is much smaller. It's just this really, really tiny town. It's just like it's a couple blocks across. And so um, we were there a couple nights. That was our first experience with bed bugs. Let me tell you, bed bugs are on my bad list. They're just so awful. They bite you, and um, you might not even know right away, but then just the next several days you'll have these terrible itching welts. And so we hadn't had them before, so we were like, man, where are we getting all these bug bites from? And they didn't really show up and bloom until we were already on our next bus out of there. So, um, I mean, that aside, uh, El Shalton is incredible. It's near, um, I think it's called Mount Fitzroy, just one of these beautiful, beautiful alpine peaks down there. So we did a couple short hikes. Uh, I wanted to do some longer ones, but I, I kind of wasn't feeling it. Um, I was running around the town trying to organize our uh, bus ticket to the next place, and I was running in my boots, and it just kind of... Uh, wore me out and my legs and my feet. So um, we also saw uh, there were a bunch of condors down there riding the thermals. Uh, and on all of our hikes, I was just looking out, always trying to see this thing. It's called a humal. It's this tiny, tiny deer that lives in the Andes. It's extremely rare, extremely endangered, and impossible to see because they're so skittish. I think it's just a deer that's only about three feet tall. They have these tiny little antler stubs. Um, so I kept looking out for them, and I saw these tracks that I was hoping were going to be the humal, but no, they weren't. They were just cow tracks. I saw the cow later. It's like, oh, come on. All right, so um, the other thing about, uh, we are in kind of the shoulder season. We were, this was, I think, early May, so it's, um, it's late fall. So everything's all these gorgeous colors, but there's, uh, there's not very many people around anymore. So there's only so many places that the buses go. So we just kept running into the same few tourists uh, over and over again. It was pretty funny. So we, you know, say hi, then say goodbye, and then we cross paths again in the next town. It's always funny when that happens. So after El Shalten, uh, El Calafate and El Shalten are both pretty far south. So after that, we had uh, a pretty long bus ride. Uh, we had, I think it was a 27-hour bus ride up north to um, to Bariloche. Uh, so the southern part of Argentina, besides you know this far south where we are, it's just kind of really barren. There's not very many people who live there. It's very arid, so there's not even a whole lot of agriculture. And we're on this bus ride for forever. Uh, and nothing too crazy happened. I know we had a, uh, like, 
I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not very good, so uh, uh, we had a transfer that uh, somehow we figured out what we were supposed to do to get to the next bus. And so it's like three in the morning while we're waiting for our next bus, and we've got our, our two bags with us there, and then a dog comes up and just pees on Priscilla's bag. So we had a good laugh about that with our friends. So we take this long bus and we end up in Bariloche. Bariloche is amazing. It's uh, it's this uh, extremely popular uh, vacation, uh, like a skiing and winter sports type hub. And it's it's really modern, modeled on Switzerland. So they're uh, famous in Argentina for their chocolate. And they've got some really good microbreweries there too. So we had some excellent uh, chocolate and ice cream and uh, some of the best uh, some of the best beers that we had on our whole trip. Uh, we went to this microbrewery called uh, Manouche, I think it was. I was just reviewing some of my blog posts uh, earlier today since uh, this is a little bit harder for me to wing it because we just did so much and there, there's so many cool things that happen and I want to try to be a little bit more comprehensive. So we uh, we just ate and drank our way through Badaloche and we went on uh, a couple expeditions. Uh, we went on we went biking. There is this district near Bariloche called the Seven Lakes. I think that was it. Seven Lakes, Seven Mountains. So we um, we rented bikes and we uh, were just biking around in this gorgeous, gorgeous fall weather. Uh, I always kind of like overestimate our abilities for these sorts of things, and I'm like, let's go for the longer version, and we'll just we'll just bike, and it's going to be great. And so we saw some gorgeous stuff, but. Uh, I think we biked a little bit longer than we meant to, and we were just pretty exhausted by the end of the day. But uh, we we had a great time, uh, especially with the stray dogs. There's uh, stray dogs all over the place in Argentina, and so there were um, there were a couple that would you know just friendly follow us around on our bikes for a bit. Let's see what else is there about Bariloche. Um, I'm drawing a blank for the rest of Bariloche, but it's really cool. After Bariloche, we took, we went nearby, we went to um, another town called Villa La Angostura. It's a, it's a pretty small town. Um, we weren't there very long, but we had another bed bug experience there. So by then we knew what to look for and we were pretty sick of bed bugs. So, oh man, we were, oh, we were not happy to run into bed bugs again. And so uh, after we left, we, you know, just tore through our bags and made sure we didn't have any stowaways. Um, besides that, um, let's see, we were there over the weekend. Uh, it's a pretty tiny town, um, and we, we went on another bike trip. So there's a, a famous national park down there. I think it's called Bosque de los Arianes. Uh, it's for this forest, the Arianes tree. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a pretty uncommon type of tree. I think they only grow in a couple groves down there, and so there's uh, there's this island, and there's these there's these paths that you can take, and so the weather was kind of rainy and not very good, and so we were pretty much the only ones out there. But we rented another another pair of bikes, and we just had this beautiful uh, beautiful remote bike ride down these uh, really nice trails that were just covered in bright orange and yellow and red fallen leaves. We had the place all to ourselves, 
had a nice picnic lunch, uh, had some rough spots where we had to, you know, carry our bikes up and down this hill where uh, the good part for bikes was closed because of some landslides. Uh, and then at the end of uh, at the end of the island, there's uh, this grove of these trees, and they have um, they're really tall. They have uh, this unusual texture to their bark. I'm not quite sure how to describe it, but there's like bands of green and white and um, I'm not very good with like descriptive floral language, but uh, this was kind of, this was a magical area. This was a place that just felt like you were someplace special. So we had a good day. We, we went back uh, and then the other funny thing that happened in uh, Vilangostura, I mean besides we saw this, this uh, store that had a giant cardboard cutout of Homer Simpson out front, and Priscilla loves Homer Simpson, so we made sure to get a photo op there. Um, I haven't talked yet about money. So Argentina, while we were there, um, they have uh, a lot of restrictions on their currency and exchanging it for uh, foreign currency. So there's two exchange rates in Argentina. There's the official exchange rate, which at the time we were there is about uh, nine pesos to the dollar. And uh, then there's the unofficial, the blue market exchange rate, which can be about 12 pesos to the dollar. So um, Argentina has a lot of problems with inflation. And so the blue market exists because in order to, uh, in order to preserve their savings, uh, people will immediately convert their pesos into dollars because dollars hold their value, but with inflation, the pesos just... It's like you're losing money. So um, they've got a lot of really difficult financial policies there. I don't know if it's changed in the last couple of years, but um, so the, the, the procedure is um, there's a lot of places you can go and like the stores, uh, there's some places that take credit cards, but credit cards aren't super accepted or, you know, sometimes they will be, sometimes they won't be. It really varies a lot. So you're paying cash and it's kind of a pain to get pesos out of the out of the ATMs because there's a limit on how much you can withdraw and the bills aren't very big. So, wait just a second, I'm working on the highway. Need to be safe. Don't want to be a crazy driver. Uh, lost my train of thought, but there's something about money. Definitely something about money. Yeah, so uh, at the stores, can often pay in dollars and they'll give you a better exchange rate. Not quite the blue market rate, but still pretty good. So there's other places you can go and there'll be unofficial uh, money changers who will take your dollars and give you a give you the blue market rate. And you'll get a better rate if you're giving them good, good uh, large bills like 50s and 100s. Uh, and not all of them take 20s and your money has to be in really good condition or they won't take it because they're really concerned about So we, uh, we did some of those exchanges a couple times, but while we were in uh, Vila Angostura, we had a, we had a problem. So we, uh, we hadn't been able to withdraw enough money from the, uh, from the ATMs as we needed, and the hostel we were staying at, we didn't have quite enough money to finish paying our bill. We were uh, 100 pesos short, which is, I don't know, like 11 bucks, and they... They wouldn't take our dollars because we only had 20s, and they don't take credit card. 
So we're like, all right, well, we've got like an hour before we need to leave for the bus to the next city, you know, another 30-hour bus ride. It's like, well, I guess I gotta get creative. Let me, well, first I'll go try the ATMs. And so there are only two ATMs in this town, and one of them didn't work for us. We've been using the other one, but it was a Sunday morning, and so this one was out of cash. There is no money to withdraw. So I tried that one. It was out. I uh, went to the other one. It still wasn't working for us. So I'm like, well, there's no other ATMs. I went to the tourism information booth and checked they didn't have any. And so then I was like, well, I had a moment of inspiration. Every place sells chocolate because, you know, we're still near Baraloche. So I went to a chocolate store, bought a tiny amount of chocolate, paid for it with a 20 a $20 bill, and then uh, I, I got maybe like $3 worth of chocolate. So, you know, they, they weren't super excited to have to, to break a 20 but they kind of were because it was still U.S. dollars. So uh, I was able to get just enough change from that to be able to finish paying the, uh, paying the hostel and then have a little bit of small change for our, uh, the rest of our bus trips. Wow, there's a lot more noise now that I'm on the highway. I feel like I'm uh, shouting almost. I'll have to check the auto quality this after. Alright, so that's Via Langostura. After that, we got on a bus, another long bus ride to Mendoza. And oh boy, do we love Mendoza. Uh, Mendoza, if you've heard of it, is famous for their wine. That is where... Um, that is where all the famous uh, Argentine uh, vineyards are in those areas. There's a couple towns on the outskirts. And so, of course, while we were there, we had to do a bikes and wine tour. Uh, not really the best idea to combine bikes, you know, riding bikes and drinking wine. Uh, you need to be really careful if you're doing that, especially if you're someplace where the roads aren't exactly designed to handle bikes and cars and then people drive. Uh, I wouldn't say they drive aggressively, but, you know, there's trucks and things like that. So, you definitely need to make sure that you're on the bike side of the bikes and wines, unless on the wine side, or you're going to have a bad time. Um, but uh, we we had we had a, a really good tour because they just give you a map of where the vineyards are and say, "All right, here's the places you can go, have fun." And so we just went wherever we felt like and had a bunch of different tastings. Uh, I um, I really impulsively. Uh, bought a bottle we bought several bottles of wine because uh, I love buying things and of course I love buying wine I love drinking wine so we were at um, a very nice venue one of the best ones there and we went through the tasting and we were getting along really well with the um, the person running the taster and so we had had several tastings so I was you know feeling really good at this point and the final wine that we had was incredible. It was, uh, at the time, it definitely was the best wine I'd ever had. Again, a little bit subjective because I don't know if I was in the best position to uh, objectively rank the wines I had, but uh, this was an expensive bottle and I was like, I have to get this bottle for my friend Saul. Uh, my friend Saul works uh, in the wine industry. He is actually out in uh, Portland right now. Uh, 
he works at a he works at a winery there. So he is definitely a wine snob. And I was like, I have to get this for him. It's a perfect thing. I love getting gifts. Uh, I love buying gifts for people, especially when you know there's that moment of inspiration. You're like, this is exactly the thing for this person. And of course, uh, it wasn't. It was totally unnecessary. But I just uh, felt compelled to do this. So. Um, kind of tricky because, you know, uh, we're in Argentina and Saul uh, was living in Washington, D.C. at this point, but, uh, so I ended up buying this bottle. They packed it in, uh, you know, some nice, um, wine coat bubble wrap, and, uh, we ended up carrying this bottle of wine around for the whole rest of our South American trip, so this was, um, I think this was late April, early May at this point. Um, so for two months in South America, we carted this bottle of wine around until we met up with uh, some good friends uh, in uh, Santiago, Chile, and passed the wine off to them to courier back to DC and give off to Saul. So this bottle of wine went through like six different countries. We took it to the Amazon and the Nows. Oh gosh, if that wine could tell stories, uh, Saul still has it somewhere on his wine shelf. Uh, we, we meant to drink it, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, next time I see it, maybe that'll happen. So, uh, uh, no, not bad, Mendoza. So, uh, in Mendoza, we drank great wine all the time. More steaks, more microbreweries, just a gustatory revel. I think the best steak place of our trip in Mendoza. Uh, they've got a really big park, uh, so we spent a whole day just exploring this park and hanging out with stray dogs. Uh, what else did we do? Alright, gotta get on this other highway. Well, I remember what we did in Mendoza. There are probably some museums. Uh, I love museums. We went to a lot of, a lot of really great ones. So, um, drawing a blank for what else we did in Mendoza, but we had a, had a great time. Um, oh, it's so much quiet now. So after Mendoza, we took a bus up to Salta. So Mendoza is about halfway. It's in kind of like the mid part, north to south of Argentina. So we traveled pretty far. So we took another long bus ride north up to Salta. Salta is uh, kind of getting back up into the Altiplano. So Salta feels a lot like some of the other places that we've been before, like uh, Peru and Bolivia, but crossed with Argentina. Um, so we had a good time there too. I mean, we there's very few places we went that I didn't like. Um, but Salta, we, uh, there was nothing too crazy there, so we just, just had a nice relaxing time. Uh, had some more great food. We went to, um, uh, we went to, an, an, I forget the name of it, but it's kind of like an indigenous art museum. And so they had uh, displays of, uh, during the colonial period, um, kind of the mix of how uh, the indigenous people would interpret European art and create their own versions. So there would be things like, 
conquistador angels with guns in their art. They also had um, pre-contact artifacts, uh, things that uh, things that the, the local tribes would create. All kind of fuzzy, but um, really beautiful. Don't remember the specifics. Not doing so well on this part of the podcast, so I guess I'll just carry on. Coolest thing we actually no. There's two things more for Salta. Uh, we went on another wine tour. Uh, this was a bus tour to El Cafayate, not El Calafate like before, but El Cafayate. El Cafayate is where uh, the Torrontes varietal of wine is made. Torrontes, it's a uh, it's a white wine that's it's dry and then it has a sweet aftertaste. It's really good. I really like it. We didn't have any good wine on this wine tour for some reason. I just didn't really like the um, places they took us. Uh, but like the Torontes that we had in Mendoza were really good. Uh, and it's just the bad luck of the draw. But this uh, this wine tour we went on, we arranged it through the hostel we were staying at because we were staying in hostels everywhere. And again, I don't really speak much Spanish. I speak just like the barest minimum to be able to get by. So, <clears throat> hostel arranged it. They're like, okay, uh, this tour, it's going to be in English and French. So that'll be fine. The tour was not in English and French. Uh, the tour was in Spanish only. Uh, there was, I think, one other foreigner on the trip. Everyone else was uh, Argentine. Uh, Argentina has a lot of, uh, what's it called? There's a specific term for local tourists, like in-country tourists. So it's like when you're an American and you uh, travel to go be a tourist in other parts of the U.S. There's a lot of uh, domestic tourism, that's it. There's a lot of domestic tourism in the southern countries in South America. And so um, the other people on this tour, they were very nice, uh, but it was uh, all in Spanish, so we had no idea what was going on. Uh, the tour guide was like really obnoxious. Like, he was just go off on these long, grandiose stories in Spanish that were apparently really uh, self-aggrandizing. I'm not really sure just what I could follow along and then what uh, the other foreigner told us he was talking about later. It's this really funny vibe. Uh, so we're on this really long bus trip, and this guy would just not stop talking. He would just go, go, go the whole time. No idea what was going on for, like, four hours. And then we get there, the wine's okay. We have some wine ice cream, which is okay. Uh, and then on the way back, uh, the engine falls out of the bus. So we have to hang out for an hour waiting for uh, waiting for a backup bus or some other bus to come. So it's pretty funny. And then um, uh, my favorite part of Salta, um, we... But not my favorite part. We got some really cool shoes for our friend Bridget and Salta. Uh, they have this uh, Indian style of uh, textile working, and there's some shoes made in that style. We got them. That wasn't the store I wanted to tell. So uh, in Salta, there's this tradition. It's called a, I think it's called a peña. So a peña is like a like a singer songwriter will just. Um, it's not like an open mic night, but like he'll just give a show that's just kind of like rambling and he'll like tell stories and then he'll sing songs with his guitar. Uh, a 
again, all in Spanish, but it's just a really cool atmosphere. It's the thing to do. So we made sure that we, uh, we went there. The guy that we saw, he had an amazing name. It was Hermogenes Quipildor. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's how it's spelled on the CD that I absolutely had to buy because his name was so crazy. But the night we were doing this, it was the night before an election. And so in Argentina, the local election laws are you can't sell alcohol. So um, in Argentina, it's not, a, it's not a proper meal if you don't have wine. So. Um, they couldn't serve us wine, so instead what they served us was uh, red grape juice, if you know what I mean, in a bottle of Coca-Cola. Definitely wine, uh, but it, it might not have looked like we were drinking wine. So that was Salta. Um, we left Salta, uh, went up into the Altiplano and high altitudes into Bolivia. So that's the end of this leg of Argentina. The next two are much shorter. So we came back through very briefly. We didn't even stay the night. We just uh, crossed over for a day from Brazil into Argentina and back to see the um, Argentine side of the Dazu Falls. Need some more water. I just uh, I feel like I'm talking so loud that I'm on the highway. So Dazu Falls. It's incredible. I'll talk more about it in Brazil uh, when I do that podcast. Um, because we like the Brazil side better, um, but the Argentine side is just the other side of the falls, it's a different view, the, um, the Argentine side, it wasn't quite as nice, uh, like the infrastructure there, it just felt kind of dilapidated and run down, and they have these animals called coates, which look like, um, they look like raccoons with really pointy noses, they're really mean and aggressive, and uh, they have them on the Brazil side, but the Argentine side, they just go around in huge bands, and they just take food from everybody, and they leave the safe. So we're just kind of annoyed there. Um, but the Brazil side is really cool, so I'll uh, talk more about that in, I guess, a couple of podcasts when I get to the bees. So that's the second time we were in Argentina. drama, I guess, because, uh, well, almost drama, it wasn't that bad. Um, we had our passports, and uh, the buses, because there's three borders there between Paraguay, uh, Brazil, and Argentina, and so a lot of locals just cross over all the time, and they don't need to get their passports stamped, so if you're a foreigner on one of these buses, what you have to do is tell the bus driver that you need to stop and get your passport stamped. Otherwise, they don't always stop at the border crossing. We didn't know this, so um, we only got our passport stamped um, on the way out of Argentina. We didn't get it re-stamped. We missed a set of stamps, so I had to uh, just uh, smile and talk my way through it with the the border crossing people. It was fine. There wasn't any problem. Last time, um, <coughs> our last trip to Argentina, last night, uh, we went to, um, went to Buenos Aires in Tigre. So we were coming from Santiago, which is on the west coast of South America, and we needed to go all the way to the east coast. So we actually took a bus 
Uh, we stopped in Mendoza again, but we just transferred to the bus station. We thought about stopping for a while because we love Mendoza so much, but we, uh, we're kind of getting short on time and we wanted to see new places. So We had this crazy bus, uh, bus chain of uh, Santiago all the way across the continent to Buenos Aires. And then uh, we did a lot of really you know, the typical must-see stuff in Buenos Aires. We um, saw the beautiful architecture. It's like, uh, it's kind of uh, like if you took Parisian architecture and just made everything twice as tall. Uh, went on a bunch of tours. We heard about uh, this, uh, this, the drama between some of the wealthy families there because uh, This uh, woman from one of the families really wanted, she fell in love with the son of another wealthy lady, and she for, forbid them to get married. And so, uh, the, uh, the first lady, I, I think her name was Carmen, Carmen de Cavanaugh, um, she got her revenge. She waited until the first lady was, um, was out of the country on, stop there. Um, she was gone for a month or two to go to some other country and uh, this lady had spent a lavish amount of money to get this uh, huge church built where she could see it from her mansion. And so while she was gone, um, I forgot her name, Carmen? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Carmen, I guess it was, uh, bought the parcel of land between her mansion and between the lady's mansion and the lady's church and uh, started this enormous building to block the line of sight so she could no longer see her church. Just to get her revenge. Really petty. Um, in Argentina, we also saw, uh, went to a tango show, you know, not one where you actually dance, but you see the professional tango dancers. Uh, we went to the San Telmo Market, is that what it's called? There's this giant uh, outdoor market on the weekends, it's huge. So I went nuts and bought a bunch of souvenirs because of course it's what I do. And oh, my favorite thing that we did in Buenos Aires is we went to a uh, football match. We went to see... Uh, we couldn't see any of the famous teams because um, they're really expensive and they're impossible to get tickets to because everyone else wants to go. So even um, even Argentines can't get tickets to see these matches. So they will join fan teams and then the waiting list to join a fan team to be able to regularly get tickets is like seven years! So we, we couldn't see anybody famous. We saw another team, Arsenal de Sarandi, de Sarandi, Sarandi? something like that. Um, so we took the metro and then a bus to a, uh, like a little bit out in the city to an area that's not even the tourist sites. And so it was really fun just, I love just walking around normal areas, not the tourist areas. I, I love just getting to feel the authentic the authentic place. And so we got a lot of that there. Uh, 
there are high school football stadiums I've been to that are much bigger than the stadium we were at. So we saw uh, Arsenal de Sarandi play and lose, uh, but it was just a great vibe. Um, there was, uh, they have a Bada Brava, which is the fan club there too. Um, and so it was great to watch them, uh, hear them chanting the songs and waving the flags and just get super excited the few times that Arsenal de Sarandi would uh, be anywhere near the uh, opponent's goal, um, but they lost the game. Um, I got, uh, I have to apologize to Priscilla, um, I got a little grumpy because um, when he'd been in Chile the week before, um, the Copa America was going on while we were in South America. It's uh, this really big, um, this big tournament between all the South American countries for soccer, and uh, the final match was in Santiago while we were there, and the final match was Chile versus Argentina. So this is a hugely important game. Um, I'll talk more about it later. But um, Argentina lost, and so uh, when we were at the soccer game for Arsenal de Sarandi, uh, Priscilla jokingly started chanting, Chi, 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 Le, 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 Viva Chile, which is, uh, you know, the Chilean soccer chant. I just flipped out. It's like, no, you can't do that. We're going to get in so much trouble. They're going to be so mad at us. Uh, of course, they, nobody heard anything because she was joking and I was massively overreacting. Uh, so sorry, Priscilla. But I thought I might have mentioned that in my podcast. Um, uh, we also took a day trip to Tigre, which I just loved. Tigre is kind of like... Uh, like a rural Venice, if you will. Um, it's uh, maybe an hour or two by train outside of Buenos um, Aires. And you go there and there's these houses and they don't have roads, they just have canals. So everyone goes around by boat. And it's really laid back. Uh, I don't think a lot of people like work there. It's just kind of like they have a house and then they somewhere else. Um, this is a really cool place. We joked uh, going around looking at houses that, oh, we should get this house. Wouldn't it be so cool to live here? And, um, this is a really cute little place. Um, so that's about it. I'm just about home. I actually need to stop for gas. I've been so uh, into recording this podcast that I didn't notice that my fuel light is on. But I have enough I have enough gas to get to the gas station right by my house, so uh, I'm going to be doing that. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed Argentina, being able to share some of my stories there. I love Argentina. I'd love to go back. Um, so I think that next after Argentina is going to be Austria. So uh, for the next time I record one of these, I'll be telling you all about Austria. So, um, cool. I've got like 30 seconds until I arrive at so I guess I'll vamp a little bit. I guess I should be talking to fun. Kind of vamp and delay, but... Alright, anyway, so I'm here pulling to the gas station, and it's been great telling stories. I like being able to share stories. Maybe I'll uh, write some memoirs with some of my funny stories someday, or whatever. 
but if you like these, they're all loosely based on stories uh, in my blog for countries when we uh, had the blog. Um, uh, all right, I'm done. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.